Welcome to From the Bleachers, the only podcast that recognizes that Real Housewives is a sport in which the women are competing for additional screen time and social media fame. Today, we are analyzing the plays made in Season 4, Episode 18, which is the second part of a three-part reunion of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm Sandra. I am Mandy. And what'd you think? Was this reunion um, better than the first? Was the first, was the second part better than the first part? Yes. Part two definitely offered me a lot more to dig into with regards to play. Like there was a lot Mm. more game analysis to be had in this episode for sure. Lots of highlights of different plays and whatnot in my notes today. Okay. Yeah. I thought they stepped it up a little bit too, a lot better and more varied face play was going on. We had a guest on the reunion, uh, Mary Cosby. Uh, yeah, it was a little more interesting, although they're definitely saving yeah. all the zingers for part three. Yes, yes. Today was a little spicier, though, um, and I will send you all of my screenshots of the face play, just so if you need any extras for our montage that you can find on Instagram <laughs> and TikTok with Sandra who has COVID, ladies and gentlemen, yes, I but do. still coming at you live because that's how <laughs> hardcore she is. Yes, I have COVID. My children have COVID. They're home from school. We both, you and I, have had a child's birthday in the last week. This everything, there was snowmageddon, which I know that all over the country has had weather yes. stuff. Um, so, it, But we're still here. We're still here. I even saw here. on RH on RH on their Insta, they posted yesterday something similar. I think it was yesterday about like, my kid is really sick, you know, this, that or the other. So like it seemed and I was I almost put a little comment like, hey, <laughs> we're going through the shit too. Yeah, <laughs> we're all struggling. We're only recording like what, two and a half hours later than normal. So it's pretty good. Yes. Yeah. So we get a first we get a clip of what's coming up in the episode. We see that Monica is going to talk about falling down the stairs at Angie's house. And Angie says there was apparently some threatened lawyer up play that Monica was going to sue Angie. And Monica implies that that was egged on by Meredith. And then Whitney is going to play a confrontation to Heather that Heather didn't like Whitney's support of Jack's mission. We see that Mary Cosby is coming. She trips on her way to the set and she's going to play some confrontation toward Heather for Heather talking about her house and her ITMs. And then DLAC asks Mary what she thinks about Monica's troll account. I love that they're not naming it anymore. Right, right. Lisa stirs the pot and tells Mary that the account called her a dumb bitch. And I wonder, does this reset our eWib, our <laughs> episodes without bitch account, or does stating the fact that someone called you a bitch not trigger it? I think if you are referring to the record that it is not an original bitch for eWib purposes. Okay. Yeah. So if you're, that's sort of like, you know, asking the stenographer, can you read back what plaintiff said? <laughs> On the chair or something you like that. You can't just say like the B word though, you know, I don't know. But okay. We'll, we'll <laughs> Sorry. So I'm listening to this on Peacock and it's like uncensored. So I'm getting like full on 
lots of swearing. So when you say, let's call it the B word, I'm like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to go back to PBS. She can be like, <laughs> Reality Von Tease called you a dumb B word. <laughs> no, I guess it doesn't have the same, that same. It doesn't have the same force, which is what we need to teach our children, right? Is that <laughs> swearing is appropriate in moments when nothing else will do to really convey the message. That's what some <laughs> of us are teaching our children. Are you not teaching your children that? <laughs> wow. What a dumb bitch. <laughs> oh, and the E-Win count for our <laughs> podcast has been reset to zero. But was if does comedy bitch count? Like if you're using it for comedy, <laughs> does that count? Maybe it depends on if the person is taking it as comedy. Oh, uh, that's true. And so you need to ask face, me how I received that. I'm sorry. I'm very sorry that I called you a dumb bitch as a joke. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, but I could see how it could be construed that way. And please let me know if there's anything I can do to make sure I don't hurt your feelings like that in the future. Is that, is that, that are you okay? That was at least a three-pointer, maybe a four-pointer apology. I I mean, that's pretty good. I'll take it. I forgive you. Let's get into the episode. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get going. Okay. So we get some shots of that strange, icy Bermuda set that they're filming in. And we come in in the midst of everyone arguing over each other. This is a continuation from last episode. And immediately I cannot remember what they were arguing about. But Angie says that Monica spent her kids money on a purse and she's sending a bad message to her daughter's. And Monica tells her to keep her fucking kids out of her fucking mouth, you piece of shit. Fuck off, bitch. Oh, Ewib. <laughs> Ewib is reset to zero anyway. And there we are. And there we are. And during all of this, one of the things that I really enjoyed is they cut to Meredith. And she has this thousand mile stare. Like you can hear everyone yelling and she's just staring. <laughs> it's like a like it's not like she's in her happy place she isn't staring like oh i'm in the hot tub with seth right now but she's <laughs> Is that just, really your happy place she's like clearly checked out she's gone into her internal world yes us introverts are very good at that angie says nobody wants you here and monica says thank you i'm very well aware just just a good line she's playing yeah. into that victim play so well and like the yeah. excluded player Meredith plays an IFI, complaining that everyone is cold. And can they please make it warmer in there? They do look rather cold. And then much to Mandy's delight, we get a Vovo and Monica package, highlighting all the volatile stuff that happened between them through the season, including when Vovo called Monica a motherfucker and all the way up to Monica's big PTC tear play in Bermuda when her family wouldn't film with her and she assumed it was Vovo's doing. I have decided this is the beginning of a PTC festival. So this is Monica's PTC Mm. festival that we're about to start. (laughs) She does go on quite the PTC tirade here. Yeah, yep. Delac asks Monica if she ever got to the bottom of that and if it was her mom's fault that her family canceled on her. And she says it's an unsolved mystery because she and Vovo have not spoken since filming wrapped. But we find out that Monica or no, we find out that Vovo had asked production if she could go to Bermuda and they said no. 
and she was super pissed. So Monica's wondering if she did this because she was mad that she didn't get to come. So that was a really interesting tidbit we didn't know before. I liked that little bit of, of behind the scenes info. Mm-hmm. Yes. I love when players drop this stuff. I assume she has to have permission to drop that kind of stuff, or maybe they just wouldn't show it if they didn't want it to be known, but. Right. Delac asks about her dad and Monica is producing tears, wiping them away with a Kleenex. <laughs> so, you know, she's kind of got a little bit of a, an angle going, you know, she's trying to make sure not to smudge her makeup. And yeah. it reminds me of on Real Housewives of Potomac, Candace has this, like, she's, she's definitely the tear player on Potomac. Like she produces tears very quickly and easily, which I can heavily relate to. That's the player that I would be if I was on any franchise. <laughs> and she, Duly noted. <laughs> she always has like this Kleenex ready to go. It seems like that's like shaped into a triangle. So it's just, that's, there's just like a very tiny point <laughs> that she can just right. dab, like just to oh. not smudge her makeup or whatever. And um, they tease her and called her Cryangle. <laughs> that's so I clever that. i like clever wordplay <laughs> i love it so monica is producing her triangle and she plays a ptc that the last time she heard from her dad he wanted them to move to florida and her mom said no and he walked out the door and never came back so then we transition to another ptc and delac asks her about her mom leaving when she was 12 and what career she left to pursue and she says television and andy comments well, she got on TV. <laughs> Delac asks how she felt about Vovo tweeting during the show airing. And we see some tweets from Vovo claiming abuse and manipulation from her daughter. Not only that, but in the tweet, Vovo says, and I am quoting, I would never compete with my only child, dash, dash, unless it's sports, which boom, we're busted. Because this is a this sport and is she is competing with her child. <laughs> Bobo knows. Bobo, are you listening? <laughs> Delac asks Lisa if watching the show made her feel differently about how she went in on Monica about her mom. And Lisa recaps that she went based off of what she was seeing, which we've talked about before. Lisa is all yeah. like, what you see is what you get. But now she can see that they have a tumultuous relationship and it's sad and it's really none of her business. The other women echo that Vovo tried hard to impress them, and it was easy to buy that at first. Then Monica reveals, this is another PTC, that after her housewives audition, she went to her mom and she cried that she didn't think it went well, and she didn't think she would get it. And her mom said, we need to say a prayer. And her prayer was, dear Lord, if it's not Monica, let it be me instead. This was a brilliant moment. The, the dramatic music swells, Monica's tears swell. It was just, uh, we got a lot of great face play from mm. all the other housewives in this moment. It was yes. just, it was a, a great thing to capture. So that was a great, great play by Monica. I will give her that. Yes, everyone, we had big reactions from everyone in the room. I was reacting at home. In fact, Monica's big reveal, her PTC about Vovo's prayer was my play, play of, the, of game. the game. Wow, early dropping mm -hmm. of the play of the game. Mm -hmm. I will say 
if you were to judge this episode just on this moment alone, which would be silly because it was all focused on Monica, she would definitely get MVP for this. However, I think we're going to see her play suffer throughout the rest of this episode. Oh, I can't wait to hear your opinion on that. But I love this because she's bringing home that victim play. She's reminding us us of what she deals with, with with Vovo, giving us that behind the scenes look. She's like, I may be bad, but my mom is worse. It's it's how she seems to be playing this whole thing with the reality Vontees and trying to like stay on the show is she's painting herself as a victim, the one left out from the other women. This solidifies that victim stance. And so I thought it was great and I thought it worked really well. It was so. a great play. It was absolutely a great play. She she is doing a great job of showing that her behaviors right or wrong come from this tumultuous upbringing. I yes. think is is where she's going with that. Yeah, trying to garner some sympathy uh, and sometimes achieving it. Yeah. So coming up next, we see that Angie accuses Monica of lawyer up play and Monica asks who she has sued and Heather says, you're suing me. So it seems like we might get into the beauty lab offline lawyer up play that's been happening. Well, we come back from commercial and we're still on the heels of Monica's brilliant PTC, Sandra's play of the week. And Heather asks, why would you film with her after that? And Monica says, that's a fair question. (laughs) (laughs) And so Monica's very teary. So her, her victim play, her tear play is continuing. And she says, you know, you get so used to it. It feels normal. DLAC asks if Vovo is always sabotaging Monica when she has success. Monica tells a story about how when she first fell in love with Mike and Vovo meets him, that she bans him from the house and says, you will not take my daughter away from me. So we're we're getting a little bit of that like codependent relationship kind of victim play. And Whitney kind of joins the fight a bit on this on this victim play slash trauma slash PTC and really says, you know, until you have an opportunity to see it from the outside, you don't realize how toxic it is, how abused you are. And she talks, she brings up her father um, mm. and, and that relationship. So I thought that was a really good play by Whitney to interject in there. Whitney was really, I thought Whitney played really strongly this week. I agree. I thought she had some great moments and I would call that a mirror PTC. She's a mirror PTC. Mm -hmm. I like it. She says, I've experienced what you've experienced. Let me talk about that now. Yeah. Yeah. So D-Lag then brings Heather in asking about Heather's relationship with her mom. And, you know, Heather very calmly just says, you know, just birthday texts. Um, And, you know, I knew that this was the deal when I signed on to do the show. And I thought this was an error. I thought Heather could have done done more with this, but I think she's kind of, her approach, this game um, is all about being the mature sort of district attorney, Nancy Drew, bigger person. Yeah, Heather definitely has a wall up where her family is concerned. Mm -hmm. And even if they wouldn't agree to film or anything like that, you know, to share more about that, to open up more about that might help her as a player. I agree. Yeah. And I, even there's another instance later in, in this game where I felt she, it's not just that wall about her family. It's really that wall to her kind of her inner emotions. Mm. Um, And she, you know, she's just not really 
demonstrating any strong emotions. She's just being very sort of like logical, rational, higher brain, sort of like, not like Meredith Marks level, but you know, um, (laughs) well, this gives DLAC an opportunity to ask Whitney about her relationship with her mom. And we get some great PTC from Whitney that she plays here. She, um, We've got tear play. She even gets a, a tissue assist from Meredith, which was really sweet. <laughs> a cryangle assist, if you will. A cryangle assist. <laughs> Whitney apologizes to her mom because they're in such a better place now. But she says it's basically been 16 years of estrangement, a decade where they didn't even do birthday or holiday texts. And the reaction from DLAC when she says it's been 16 years was huge. He had a big, oh, I miss that. like wide face. And I was, it caught me off guard because last episode I was making fun of him for having the same face play over and over again, where he just kind of cocks his head to the side <laughs> and makes it like a side smirk. Um, oh. So this, you know, he was shook it up more this episode. He had different facial expressions. I was impressed. He even had an almost falling asleep facial expression when the women were shouting at each other. <laughs> oh, which we I will was get fun. to that. We will get to that. <laughs> but then, so Whitney then reveals her mom texts her now about the show and says how proud she is. Uh, the switch essentially happened after an honest conversation about her childhood. And Whitney says that removing her father was key. We find out she is not back in touch with her dad and that he is also avoiding her. Um, Essentially, this was a multiple PTC from Whitney, basically, Mm -hmm. with both her mom and her dad. And plus, we had a really nice bringing her family in and letting us know about her relationship with her mother and how it's growing, which is great. Then we change gears to some texting between Monica and Angie. And this brings us to our threatened lawyer up play. We get receipts of these texts from production. Monica apparently was defending that she was keeping her daughters from being a part of the evil Vovo Greek Easter imbroglio. And Angie accusing Monica of almost hitting her niece in the head with a shoe when she Mm -hmm. threw it. Mm -hmm. Monica saying Angie needs to get her house up to code and pay her emergency room bill. So there's a little bit of squabbling. Monica, essentially Angie says, I'm going to be the adult because I'm good with children. So I know how to handle Monica. I'm going to be the adult and let Monica give her side of the story first. Monica alleges she went to the stairs to the basement to get her kids because she'd been crying. She couldn't really see. She didn't realize there was no railing and she went to grab the railing, but there wasn't one. And then she fell. We get some unseen footage sort of of her walking away upstairs and then we hear the tumble down the stairs and the camera goes and yeah, she went the tumbling down the stairs was crazy. I was like, Oh my God, that sounded horrific. And then you sound pretty bad. And she's like halfway down the staircase. Like that was quite a tumble. It was quite a tumble. It was quite a tumble. We don't know exactly what happened because the camera didn't follow her immediately. So we missed all that. I thought there was great legal work. I couldn't tell if that was Sean or a different man who was down at the bottom, but the person Mm. down at the bottom of the stairs immediately says, it's those heels, you know, like (laughs) immediately is like, this is not the stairwell. This is not the lack of a railing, like immediately puts it on the shoes so Mm. that it's like, it was, it was brilliant liability play. (laughs) 
And so then you see Monica manually taking off a shoe and kind of tossing it. I wouldn't say she chucked it. Yeah, I I rewatched that also. It was she was definitely not like in in at risk of nailing a toddler in the head. She was just like tossing it gently to the side. It it looked totally fine to me. Yeah. So I like that Angie then says we should discuss your threatened to sue. Um, So that was a good confrontation play by Angie. It's her usual refusal to run away. And I like that about her play style. That's how she starts a lot of confrontations, at least, is she's very Mm -hmm. upfront. She doesn't always follow through, but at least she starts. Monica alleges that she never said I should sue you, which is an error because we have receipts and This is a point where what Angie says on reunion is almost a verbatim account of Monica's tweet. um, And what Monica says is clearly a lie. So that's another error. Monica does this a lot in this episode. There are a lot of errors she makes like that. Yeah, she has a lot of revisionist history, but it's not always in her own favor. You know, like yeah. <laughs> like last episode, she said she said she said horrible things about all the women, and when she was auditioning for the show, like uh, your players yeah. suck. Like I'm gonna be a better better player than you. See that she didn't actually say that, so it's interesting her her yeah uh, view of well, her and that's part of her trying to show herself off as the fiery Latina, right? Yeah, I guess yeah. Um, but she also has, and we'll see. There's a lot of her her two wrongs don't make a right. Like she she does like two wrongs do make a right defense a lot, you know, where it's like, well, but you said it first kind of mm-hmm. as a defense when I'm like, well, that doesn't really work. <laughs> I think a lot of people use that defense on the show. They do. They do. Well, DLAC thanks Angie for trying to be a grown up in their conversation slash shouting match, which I thought was good adulting play by Angie. <laughs> but I would say that Monica's narrative that one shoe went flying and the other was just hanging by a thread. So she took it off. I thought that created really good, reasonable doubt. Um, especially when you rewatch the video. So there was some good face play by Whitney in this moment as well, mm. which I enjoyed. Angie talks about family members leaving because they didn't think it was a safe environment. We've got a lot of she said, she said about who started the nasty tweets. We get another view of Angie's tweet, which basically the only thing negative in that tweet or that was questionable is her saying, um, shut the fuck up or STFU with your lies about Sean. Well, which- you have to pay attention to like what they're calling out in the tweet because they'll really quickly show the whole tweet and then they flash up the line that they're saying is the most important. Right, which is why I pause yes. the screen when I can see the whole tweet, which is how yeah. I got the information on Vovo saying I wouldn't compete with my daughter unless it was a sport. Yes, <laughs> and so she did accuse her of throwing shoes at her two-year-old niece, which in the video it's like, well, she didn't do she didn't really yeah. do that. She didn't <laughs> so, really do that. Yeah. There was more to that tweet than what, yeah, but okay. Then what, you know, like, unless, unless that happened in the moment, the camera was getting to the top of the stairs, right? Like if there was a, a, a shoe I, thrown yes. before we got there, but I, that's, that's a lot of supposition. Right. So then Meredith, Monica drags Meredith into this. And I'm curious to see if this is going to be an error where Meredith is brought into this idea of lawyer up play. Did did Meredith instigate the lawyer up play? And we'll find out after these commercials. (laughs) So we come back from the commercial, we get some shots of New York, including taxi cabs. And I have a question. Because yes. it's probably been nine or 10 years since I've been to New York City. Do they still have lots of taxi cabs there, even with Uber? You still see yellow cabs. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You still see them. Not, I, I feel like I remember as a kid when I lived in Connecticut and we would go into the city, they, they, they were just yellow cabs everywhere. Yeah, just covered with them. Um, Nobody drove their car, right? You just take cabs. Yes. Yeah, it's not as ubiquitous as it used to be. That's mm. for sure. But they're still there. Okay. So Angie makes an accusation play that Monica makes a living by suing people. And Monica says, bitch, I have never sued one person in my life. Who have I sued? And Heather says, you're <laughs> suing me. And Monica clarifies that that's a countersuit. Potato, potato. <laughs> Which I guess, I, yeah, I don't know. I guess I could see why she separates that in her mind, but. Yeah. And she, I think I mentioned this earlier that the amount that we know of in this offline suit is, is really a small claims court amount. Mm. So it's really, it's such a, a piddly little suit really. But yeah, so the counter suit isn't, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, Monica would not have instigated that suit against Heather without first being sued. Which is a fair argument. And they don't go into, they don't go into the this beauty lab lawsuit anymore here. And I don't think yeah. we're going to in the, it doesn't seem like we're going to hit it anymore, which is interesting. Yeah, I, I think, I think production does agree with me that this is a small claims court matter and really not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of want to know a little more, but. Well, you can get the, the all the filings are public. <laughs> yeah, so I, want, I just want to see it on my screen. Delac asks if Lisa regrets saying that no one wants to be Monica's mom. And Lisa basically says she re was reacting to Monica's sophomore behavior. So it's another like, well, she did it first kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, she also said she was, she, that, that comment was misconveyed. Yep. Um, <laughs> like Monica's interjection, like misconveyed, like, <laughs> but, but then of course, Monica follows it up with her own grammatical creation afterwards. So <laughs> Which sometimes you just need to make up words if you if you can't right? think of the correct word. Yep, touche, touche. I agree. So then they're all going back and forth about who was being more nasty and insulting all season, back and forth and back and forth between Lisa and Monica, um, and some of the other women. And there's lots of arguing. And Delac plays this great resting his exasperated head on his hands face play. And this was my face play of the game because I love that this man who created this show, who feeds off of these women's misery and drama, who is potentially the darkest of all the reality host dark lords, he acts completely ashamed, ashamed exasperated, and tired of their back and forths on the reunion. Right? When you know he's going back to his penthouse after filming is over, getting his private two-hour massage, and that he knows that while they're fighting, his wallet is only growing fatter. So I just love him for this moment because he made it very believable. He did. He seemed authentically just over it. And honestly, I identify with that feeling in this moment. I call this another major error, and I... Even though it was both Lisa and Monica and Lisa wouldn't back down, I put the error on Monica because she's still just, I don't know. She's just the nastiest little street fighter. <laughs> <laughs> so you think she's the nastiest of them all? I do. 
Lisa says, this is why your mom talks to a tree because you don't listen. And Monica <laughs> says, throw my mom in my face. And Lisa says, that's manipulative. And then they go back and forth about whether she's manipulative. And Heather and Angie are trying to convince Lisa to give it up. It's just not worth trying to argue with her. So we finish this little argument with Monica saying she doesn't even know what Heather's problem is with her. And Heather and Delac say they'll get to that in a little bit. And I love this moment because it's like Heather's kind of running the show with Delac here. She's like the veteran yeah. player saying like, well, we're not on that topic yet. So we'll get to that later. Yeah, no, that's the thing about even though she's so reserved in this episode, it it does actually convey a sense of authority and power like yes. she's up above the squabbling right. going on yeah. yeah she's like you might be in this prized seat also next to delac like i am but let me show you how it's really done as this veteran right. player. this is this is how you get it with class yeah <laughs> <laughs> and experience and wisdom hard-earned four seasons of play yeah Delac asks lisa what she meant at the sound bath when she said there that they were dealt the same deck of cards and they go back and forth again a bit about how she didn't know what Vova was like. Again, kind of same old story here. Lisa says Monica said nasty things about her family and her husband. And Monica asks what she said about John. And Angie says, you called him a penis head. Is that like the B word? <laughs> <laughs> we get the nice like head cock face play from DLAC. <laughs> and they all seem genuinely upset about this insult. Like, why would you? do that why would How you call him a penis you? head that's so rude <laughs> <laughs> i love it delac asks about monica's many identities and we get a little bit of background a little bit of background here so her maiden name is darnell her married name is fowler delgado is her dad's side and garcia is her mother's side right and her mother was garcia mm -hmm. but she dropped it yeah, so this is a little bit of a PTC on Vovo's part that she was teased for being Portuguese. So she ended up cutting off, cutting it all off to Dar Darnell. So she says legally she has used three of those names, kind of like before she was married, when she was married, and then when she was divorced, which seems normal to me. Right. But that's such a fine distinction that she is wisely making where she says legally i've only mm. used three of these <laughs> names because she has clearly used other names in situations where it was not required to have a legal name okay <laughs> yeah good for catching that i didn't even think about that monica accuses lisa of saying that monica was using a more latina name in order to get on the show and lisa says she didn't say that jen shaw said that and then we see coming up that there will be a confrontation between Lisa and Mary Cosby. And in this moment, I'm honestly not that excited to see Mary Cosby. I'm feeling like she didn't play a very good season. There isn't really anything compelling to talk about. Even the previews to her just don't seem that even that funny. At least like we got some of those, those, I know we had got one or two good scenes with her, but there was like so many scenes where she didn't even, she wouldn't like, she wouldn't even participate. Yeah. Remember in the Which beginning? So was I'm just funny, like, like at Palm Springs was kind of funny in its way, but we, I'm sure we can find another friend to be funny in that way who is not as error laden as Mary. I think, I think the combination, like she, 
she and Monica racked up the errors uh, on this game for sure. Um, to the point where I really, despite the comic relief, I was like, I don't need Mary back. I don't that's need how her I, anymore. That's how I felt in this moment yeah. too. I was like, yeah. Uh, okay. It, yeah. I'm not sure why they're hyping her appearance. Maybe there's a lot of excited Mary Cosby fans out there. I don't know. Well, we come back from commercial and D-Lag asks Lisa about Jack being in California in his mission garb. And as we predicted, Lisa is making a joke about Jack bouncing on his mission. And it turns out what's happening is he is there doing work while he waits to get his visa, which was denied because... He uh, sent in a photo for his visa in which he was shirtless and it was rejected. Um, so I, I give points to Lisa on this. This is a great family moment opening up about her family in this moment. And I thought that was great. And so we find out, though, that he is his visa has been approved. They resubmitted it. He's leaving the week after Thanksgiving and we get this little lovely minor PTC where Lisa's kind of smiling through the tears, like mm. a little bit proud of her son and, and probably of herself that today was the day, you know, he's allowed to call like once a week or whatever. And today was the day, but she's here. So she doesn't get to talk to her baby, Aww. but he sent a great little video. So great little baby PTC there. Yeah. So, and she reveals like how happy she is about all the growth she is already seeing in Jack and his gratitude. And then I loved that DLAC has a card where he's, you know, like somebody has their question about like, why is there a two year no seeing your family rule? That would raise a lot of red flags. <laughs> I feel like I didn't see any of this. This must have been your in your extended peacock. Oh, oh, well, that's exciting. Either that or I completely Ish. zoned out in my right? COVID misery yesterday during this. Yeah. <laughs> but I love it that like somebody is like, that raises a red flag for me. And I'm like, really? Is that is that the first <laughs> red the first flag, flag that flag. went up on the Mormon religion for you? Yes. Separating separating you from your friends and family. That is a cult-like yeah. tendency that you should watch out with. In yeah. all things, not just religions. Yes. Bachelor uh, franchise, certain reality shows do that as well. Yeah. Warning sign. So, not a healthy place to be if you're separated from your friends and family. <laughs> warning, warning, warning. <laughs> Another viewer wrote in and Dilek asks Lisa, how can she support both the LGBTQ movement and the, be a Mormon without being a hypocrite? And she says she's not a hypocrite. The Bible doesn't say anywhere. Don't talk to gays. And she talks about how she's building bridges between the communities, pointing out that all religions historically have been, quote, not nice to the LGBTQ community. And her, she is, this whole question felt a little bit like a softball because she has sort of this, that, that response that is so logical and well rehearsed. But then again, she's, you know, she's not terrible on her feet. So it's um, not that surprising. I didn't get this either. I'm so sad I missed all this. Oh, did you get the part? What if Jack becomes more orthodox when he comes yes. home? Okay. So or at regular. least like a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and Lisa isn't worried about that at all. She thinks he's just going to be a better version of himself. And, oh, no, you know, there's... we didn't get that. I just got a comment later about Heather saying she'll be there to support him. If she'll, oh. she'll be there to support her if he's more orthodox. Well, Peacock viewers, you know where I'm coming <laughs> from. Yeah. And so... 
the question was also like, will Jack come back and judge her Mormonism 2.0? And she says, mm. you know, we didn't raise him to be judgmental. It's not going to be like that. Mm. DLAC asks Heather what her reaction is to that. And Heather starts with like, it's complicated, but she does a great job of walking the tightrope of answering honestly for her bad Mormon journey and also being supportive of Lisa. So some great friendship play here that you missed out on. I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. And they talk about how Whitney joins in with how they come home weird for a moment because they mainly because they just aren't used to being in civilian life because as you say, they've been separated from their friends and family for two years. And then DLAG asks Heather, why was Jack's mission triggering? And Heather gives a big, oof, and she says like a million reasons. And she plays another very muted little PTC on how it all reminds her of what she grew up with, what she's cut off from. And she is cutting us off from the actual emotions in her life, which I think is an error Mm -hmm. as well. And just sort of reciting it without letting us really in. And Lisa clarifies she didn't invite Heather because she didn't want to rub it in Heather's face. So there's some like not apology play, but kind of some friendship play there. And then Whitney brings up how Heather then called Whitney a hypocrite Mm -hmm. during the whole, is this getting to where you've seen? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. So basically Whitney is saying, you know, you call me a hypocrite because I was on one hand having the same concerns that you were, Heather, but on the other hand, being a supportive friend to Lisa. At the end of the day, Heather, like there's a little bit of back and forth, but what I like is Whitney is really good about saying like, okay, but let's go back to my original thing. And you called me a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. You know, basically, do you apologize for that? And Heather does apologize for using the word hypocrite. Is it an apology? It's a bare apology. I gave it a 1.5. So she took accountability and she kind of acknowledged the impact. Okay. And she, she never really says the word, I'm sorry. So I was like, I don't know if this triggers apology land for me. Oh, I thought she did say, I'm sorry. I used the word hypocrite. Oh, I not in my version. Not oh. in my version. I was waiting for hmm. it. And I was like, she's not apologizing. She, to me, in my, what I saw was she. It just, was sort of at the very, very end of it all. Oh, I just got an, an acknowledgement that she understands she wasn't being a hypocrite. She was just compartmentalizing. Either way, I think we both agree. It was kind of a bare apology. Yeah. I don't know that it merited a huge apology because they did have a clearing of the air right. on yeah. it. Whitney seemed good with it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and then Whitney makes a joke. She's going to leave when Mary M. Cosby comes because they're taking a little break. And when they come back, Mary will be there. Did you get all this little behind the scenes So then we've got Mary coming into Monica's room and the two chat. Monica describes all the women as being relentless victim, victim, victim play. Yeah. And Mary is kind of playing STCO to Monica in this moment um, and perhaps showing that she's an ally to her. Right. Which is really comes into that. The fact that I am so much less interested in Mary after this is sort of like, oh, For a while, I was thinking, if you have Mary, then you can have Monica back, which I talked about a little bit last week as well. Mm -hmm. And we both agree that Mary makes so many errors that I don't know that she would be (laughs) the one to hang your hat on. Yeah, I think she need, and I think she needs to get at least one of the other big players. Although, uh, you know, yeah. I I haven't, we still haven't seen the big back, the big yeah. um, reality the big reveal. 
thing, but so far she doesn't seem to be getting a lot of flack from the people who are on the couch with her, which who are right. Whitney and uh, Meredith. So I feel like she mm-hmm. has she has an in with one of them or both of them maybe. Yeah, Meredith has said almost nothing this entire mm. episode, basically. So I, I don't know if that's going to be a big error of the game or not, but it's <laughs> it's an error for sure. Mm-hmm. But Whitney certainly has the most connection and the most compassion, I think, for um, the victim play that Monica mm-hmm. has. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, we've got the little Mary Monica chat. And then when they finally come out... Delac makes a joke about missing Mary at her last reunion and she defends that it's because she how she was treated the entire season. Yes. This is such but like a an a major error in retro whatever. I'm gonna make up a word here because my <laughs> retrograde? Mars in is in retrograde? What? Spectrograde. Was <laughs> <laughs> such bad play. You have to come back. And if you're upset about what they said about you, then you have to call people out. You have to bring receipts. You have to defend yourself. You have to make apology plays, whatever. You can't just sit it out. That was yeah. terrible, tragic. Terrible play. And then I'll I'll go, I'll I'll get into all of her other flawed play as why I don't think she should ever be on the show again. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Big words from Mary. Big words. <laughs> so D-Lag asks Mary um, why, apparently he asked her why she came back when she was on Watch What Happens Live. Mary said it was to help them out. And D-Lag asked the women, like, do you think that you needed her help? And Heather says, yeah. Like, interesting. Hmm. Angie says it was needed because Mary's hilarious. And then Mary gives her some shade. Um, <laughs> yeah. And D-Lag is like, she was saying something nice. And then Mary's like, oh, okay. and then angie there's like that cute little moment where angie also is like you got lipstick on your teeth to mary and she she cleans it off so it's a little friendship play by Mm. angie so other essentially tells us you never know what you're going to get with mary and that makes filming fun which is what she also said about mary's house which mary did not like as we learn Mm -hmm. we learn that mary did not like Angie at first, because the first time she met Angie, there were two things. One of them was that she thought it was Jen Shaw. And she was like, oh God, here comes Jen Shaw back again. <laughs> and we got great faceplate by Monica here. She had this big blown up cheeks, like, you know, holding in a breath before it gets let out. Mm-hmm. And that was, even though I saw some great face play from Heather and a lot of good face play from Monica, this particular moment was my face play face of the week. week. Okay. So I don't think I saw that moment. I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember Mary saying that she thought Angie was Jen Shaw. Interesting. Um, And I do remember a like blown up face face play i i have a face play that looks exactly like that later in the game i called it a hamster okay. face play <laughs> she puffs up her cheeks <laughs> I, so I don't like know if she it. does it twice or if they put the same one in twice but um right i saw that face later in the game okay to, in a different spot interesting yeah well mary also didn't like that angie kept touching her clothes after she had been eating cake with her hands so um and we get a little package of that So Angie apologizes and admits that she is a touchy person. Mm. So D-Lag asks Mary who she does like, and she's like, well, I like Angie because she can take my toughness, (laughs) 
point. And she likes Monica because she's a good addition. And Meredith and Meredith says, I love you too. So <laughs> we got a few words out of Meredith. <laughs> and then, then Mary goes into how I liked Heather until I saw her ITMs about my house. And that was rude because it was phony. And Heather defends like, it wasn't phony. These are the things that I said. Yeah. And she makes a comment about Heather didn't get her house until after the show. Yeah, that was a little dig. They already had hers. And Monica has this huge open mouth face play to that. Yeah. Um, and then she does, uh, you know, I love a double face play. When you go from one expression to another, then she transitions into her like closed eyes, duck lips face play. I was really close to <laughs> making that one my face play of the game, but I just, um, I loved the the irony and Delax. So I kept, I kept that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Delac comments that Mary says everything to people's faces. And Mary says, thank you. And Delac's like, yes, you say horrible things though. And Mary's <laughs> like, well, they can say it back. And then Lisa, good confrontation play by Lisa here says, yeah, but then you just cut us out or shut us down. And Mary's just, of course, does her typical Mary thing. Is like, why are you inserting yourself in this? Like, mm -hmm. why are you talking? Like our relationship is done. So just this is the 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 Mary error way is this instant clap back whenever mm -hmm. anybody says anything to her that isn't fawning or adoring or supporting. And so, yeah, so I think the only way Monica, I think the only way that Mary gets back next year is if Monica is on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. she does make like these these kind of like out of nowhere that are so shocking that they're kind of funny quips. But then she refuses to engage anyone coming at her. And yeah. so it doesn't lead anywhere. So it's, it's yeah. you can see why she was demoted to a friend of. Yeah. So we come back from commercial. Mary's still there. She is saying it's a good thing that she says things to people's faces. And Lisa gives the whole, you can dish it, but you can't take it attack. Um, and she says that when people say things to Mary's face, she won't talk to them again. Delac asks if Robert Jr. is married. That's Mary's son. And Mary says <laughs> they're married. They say they're married, but she hasn't seen the papers and she doesn't believe it if she doesn't see the proof. And she feels like he's way too young to be married. He's 21. And then we get a flashback to a never before aired scene where she's telling her makeup person about walking in on Robert Jr. and his wife or girlfriend, whoever, having sex and the face play from her makeup person as she's telling this story is amazing. <laughs> and she tells the wife after this walking in on them moment to stop being so loud during sex because it's making her son think that he's better than he is. And this makeup person who had to listen to the story and had this great face play was my bystander, uh, bystander of, of the week. Oh, 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 I like it. Well-deserved. <laughs> As Mary's telling everyone on set, this is, oh, this is where I got the blow up cheek thing. Monica reacts yep. by blowing up her cheeks in a hamster face play. And I, I really did want to give this my face play the game too. It was hard not to. Um, But this whole story and Mary's telling of it does remind me of why she has some good plays sometimes. Like she does have some funny moments. She's in, she's a, strange interesting funny mean 
person to watch. And so she is a, yeah, she is a, just a <laughs> wild card for sure. So yes. I see why Heather says that, like, you know, like I like that energy of that. You just don't know what you're going to get. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, so I, I'm in this moment. I was like, okay. I think we just called her a box of chocolates, like from Forrest Gump. <laughs> but I can see why she has fans and why she's wanted back on the show, despite her refusal to participate and engage. So DLAC asks Whitney how she felt about Mary being back. And Whitney said she was nervous. Mary says Whitney is scared of her. And Whitney says she wanted to repair things with her. And she feels bad about what, what happened before and everything that was said about Mary. And she says it wasn't them. It wasn't the players saying it. It was in the news. And Mary says that's not true. And she has heard lots of horrible things about Whitney. And she would never say them because that's not who she is. And I just think it's funny. Like every, probably every human, but <laughs> every player has like, this line they won't cross. Like they'll say and do all these other horrible things, but there's something that they no, would just would never, never do because they're not I that wouldn't. type of person. <laughs> like she'll call someone inbred and she'll, you know, <laughs> just say horrible things to people's faces. But yeah, I would never say something that I heard about you, Whitney. That's, yeah, I would, would you think never say it on the internet though. I would only <laughs> say it directly right to, your, to face. your face on camera. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very strange. Whitney says, but to answer the question, she was glad to have the opportunity to repair. And Mary says she doesn't care. It's another error by Mary. I think she just continues to alienate people, even though, and Whitney, that was another good refocusing and bringing the conversation back around to herself. Mm -hmm. um, so Whitney's had really good redirection plays, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah, but Mary just continues to be like, I don't care. That's true. It was a miss. She had an opportunity to get to do more there and she didn't. Yeah. Yep. Although she, you know, she did have the funny, I don't care line, which you know, definitely <laughs> catches people off guard. Um, DLAC asks Whitney about calling Mary a predator. And we get an apology play, a for sure apology play by Whitney to Mary. Yeah, no, the predator thing for me probably is just my own trauma with being in a high demand religion. So I apologize for that. I don't think you're a predator, Mary. I'm not. And my husband yeah. isn't either. Never, never sexual ever. No. So uh, you know, it was a very brief apology. I gave it I gave it a clean two pointer, uh, uh, you know, just one point for accountability, one for specificity. There was no snarky tone over the top, whatever. It was just like a quick, like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm taking accountability and this is what it's for. Yep. No, I totally agreed with that. Like re-listening to it now, I'm like, oh, is there a little bit for acknowledging the impact? Because like the way she says, like, I never said sexual, like, but never sexual, like, because mm. that that's sort mm. of like under that impact of like knowing that like to say that it would be awful. Yeah. So I don't know. Sure. You know, like really unfair when it's not true. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that it's Whitney's fault that people conflated predator with sexual predator, but. Well, it, it, it might be Mary's fault because she said, you called me a pornographer. A pornography. <laughs> a pornography. That's right. You called me a pornography. Dilak asks Whitney about her tweet saying that she can't listen to Mary talk about growth. And we see a flashback scene of Mary telling Meredith that the women haven't grown and she needs to see change. And Whitney says she spent thousands on therapy and she's making a conscious effort to be a better person. And so to see Mary talking them about this way 
And Mary cuts her off and says, so you tweeting me and cursing me is growth? I'm confused. (laughs) And Whitney, again, we have the you did it first. Whitney says, Mary tweeted about her first. It's the two wrongs defense, which is always going to be an error in my book. (laughs) Mary says, I didn't say anything about you. I just said she's racist. (laughs) And Pilak clarifies, you believe that Whitney is racist? And Mary says, I do. And then we cut to commercial. I don't know if I like the whole like racism as a, uh, like we're a cliffhanger. Oh, yes, yes. I guess. I guess. It makes me feel a little icky. Like, really? We're going to put racism as the cliffhanger? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we come back from commercial and, and yeah, and then we have this, this racism cliffhanger that makes, that makes Sandra feel really icky inside. And I don't blame you. Whitney says that breaks my heart. And Angie, Lisa, and Heather have this whole kind of minor STCO, like, well, I don't believe that. We, we love you. We know you're not racist kind of thing. All the white women don't believe she's racist. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so she's fine. But that's okay because Whitney will discuss white privilege later. Yes. So DLAC probes like, well, based on what? And Mary says it's their religion. Mormon faith says black people are cursed by Cain. They're going to a separate heaven. They're going to be the servants. And this is kind of a funny little moment. DLAC asks Heather if that is true. And Lisa's like, I'm Mormon too. Someone asked me. <laughs> I love that. And they just, everyone just ignores her. Like, everyone yeah. just ignores her. Like, yeah, you're Mormon 2.0. so heather says the church is making efforts on every level to outreach um and then we get lisa's little her little you know i know a black person who's mormon (laughs) like the obligatory i have a black friend so i can't be racist she says i'm a jewish mormon (laughs) like what what does that have to do with anything (laughs) she's like culturally jewish i guess yeah still nothing to do with black people and the church but okay But okay, but thank you, uh, Lisa, for trying to join the fight. (laughs) So Whitney says, now this is a big accusation to make, and I am no longer a member of this church that has these racist roots. Um, And there's even that conversation about how, and I can't remember if it was here or later, that basically almost every religion um, historically, oh, that was the LGBTQ so that, you know, like I, I would argue that you could make that same argument as far as racism and a lot of really religions going um, back to their to their early days. So Mary then says, I have nothing against the Mormon church. DLAC probes, you just said they're racist. And Mary mm-hmm. says, like, that's their belief. It doesn't mean I have anything against them. Whitney says, you know, as women of white privilege, we're learning, we're trying, and and what personally have I done? And Mary says, you know, it's not any specific thing. It's, you know, she's she kind of has a little bit of the old-fashioned pornography pornography defense, which um, in the Supreme Court was it. like, yeah, I'll, I'll know it when I see it. Yeah, um, yeah. She says it's like a, it was a it's a feeling. It's a feeling. Yeah. And I actually thought Whitney's Whitney's ability in that moment to it to say, okay, that's fair, was good. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm no, comparing Whit- and like as as a white woman here, not my space to like accept what Whitney's saying to Mary at all right now. I'm just comparing it to Dorit in Beverly Hills, who just had a racism accusation given to her by Garcelle in Beverly Hills. 
and um did there was no like she was not able to sit there and be like that's fair I hear where you're coming from at all and so just right. the comparison between the two I was like okay like Dorit after I'm a little worried about her future in the franchise after this because they are trying to diversify these franchises and there's a lot of white privileged women in them anyway so I, in in comparison <laughs> I thought Whitney did not get herself in as hot of water as Dorit did no. And Whitney, you know, like, I think Whitney is somebody who is trying to own who she is and to grow as a person. And, you know, a lot of that is that reflective piece of, you know, like, where where are those pieces of white privilege where I don't realize that I am doing like the microaggressions mm-hmm. or things like that. Sure. So, yeah. So, but and Whitney does, while she acknowledges that she is still looking for direct evidence of some like and I, I don't even know that she's looking for evidence I think she actually just generally wants to know like have I personally said or done anything to you because I think she would probably apologize for it if Mary yeah, had an example yeah. yeah but Mary says no she doesn't have anything Delag changes the conversation and he says, well, what did Mary think about what the women did in Bermuda when they discovered that Monica was tied to this troll account? And Mary says that she thought it was over the top how they treated her and pushed her out. Mm-hmm. And then Lisa says, well, what if that person called you a dumb bitch? Mary says she wouldn't care. She gets called all sorts of things on the internet. <laughs> And then Monica tries to get in there with this bit about, well, what if they called a friend of yours a garbage whore who could go fuck herself? (laughs) Lisa comes in hot with the accusation play at Monica that Monica's interjecting because she's the one who called Mary a dumb bitch. So I would say then Lisa, like, this is my moment where I love, this is where Lisa is being a boss. And this was kind of um, a really good play here. She tells Heather, get the audio. Yeah. <laughs> like twice. She's like, Pull get it the up. audio. Get the Pull audio. Pull it out of that clown car pillow. Um, and so Heather plays the receipt of Monica talking about Mary, calling her a dumb bitch, how she wants to DM Mary from a burner account. And then she's like, oh, I can just do it from Reality Von Tees. Monica is objecting. They're only hearing one side. Um, and it was a different Mary, which was a pretty big error for her to like throw that in there because it's clearly not true. And Heather's like, Oh, it's a different Mary. Really? I didn't even hear that. And then she gives another two wrongs defense. Like I'm not the only one who calls people dumb bitches. (laughs) (laughs) So Heather points out that the recording is evidence that Monica is reality Von tease. Monica tells Heather to shut the fuck up. And that beep is really reality Von tease. Lisa says, you are. Monica says, it's six people. There's a full investigation, says Heather. And Monica can't wait to hear what comes out of it. And this devolves into this housewives version of a bar brawl for the second time, maybe third of the episode. And Delac has to get them to simmer down. And Mary says, I, I just think you guys need to listen to Monica. You're not letting her talk and you should hear her out. And Delac says, yeah, part three basically. <laughs> yeah. so. so back a few seconds when Heather pulls out the audio. So, uh-huh. you know, I am a full proponent of having a recording and bringing receipts and props. That's always encouraged at a reunion right? or anytime, but especially at a reunion. 
But I thought it was strange how she started playing it while people were still arguing. We couldn't fully hear it. People were talking over it. They didn't really set it up well. They didn't say what they were playing, what we were listening to, why it was bad. Um, It was a good idea. It was poorly executed. And so this playing of the audio was actually my error of the game. Interesting. You've got this whole audio receipt, like, let's make it a bigger moment, a better moment. Well, better thought out. Sure. Sure. I like that. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't um, call out my play of the game or my error of the week when they happened. So going back, I just would like to say that I thought Whitney's double PTC with her mom and her dad, I thought those, those were, I thought that was a great a great play. And so that was my play of the week. She did some great, she did some great work this episode with showing us her, you know, which is always what we yeah. want from Whitney and, and yeah. instead of the manufactured drama that we often get. So I agree with you. Yeah, yes. Great play. Yeah. I like her. She was definitely my runner up for MVP. She didn't get it, but like she, she didn't, I agree. She was great this week and I really enjoyed her. My error of the week happened in the middle of the misconveyed to shut argument shouting match. And that's the one that went to Monica, even though Lisa wasn't backing down. I thought that was an error on Monica's part. It was the error of the week because it was where she really burned all of the goodwill she had created during the Vovo PTC festival Mm, for me. So that was my error of the game. Okay. But did you just say touchette? Yeah. Because you, did you not get that? So Monica in that fight was just like touchette and Heather goes touchette. (laughs) (laughs) like Heather totally calls her on like you don't even know the word touche like you don't know how to use touche it's touche not touchette and you know how I love it when they when they use their words weird (laughs) you use words weird (laughs) so then we get a clip from next week DLAC asks Heather to explain how this works um and she jokes what the internet so I guess we're going to be talking maybe about the account troll account the troll account maybe. i think so yeah monica's gonna bring out the burn book next week lisa and angie accuse monica of stalking jen and lisa says they have proof so maybe we've got some more receipts coming hopefully better played dlac says monica set up jen's security cameras and could watch jen in her house and what she's saying DLAC wonders if it's too insurmountable to move on as a group. And we get kind of a shot of everyone. We're wondering, are, is anyone going to be able to make up with Monica after this? Um, and Monica in that moment says she and Heather went through the same trauma. Mm. And she must be talking about, you know, being close. Abused Jen by Shaw. Jen Shaw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then DLAC asks Heather to tell us about the black eye with Jen Shaw. And we get the head and hands face play from Heather that we've seen Mm. before. That means perhaps some more information is coming there. So as is generally the case with all these multiple part reunions, it seems like all the good stuff hasn't happened yet and is still yet to come. (laughs) But who was your MVP through all of this? Well, we know it wasn't Whitney. We know it wasn't Meredith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, not much for Meredith. Nope. Yeah, I would, I would be surprised if you pulled Marks. that one out. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy. I think I saw on Insta that necklace she's wearing is like a twenty thousand dollar necklace that she sells. <gasps> she sells a twenty thousand dollar <laughs> necklace. 
Yeah. And it just looks like, like, I mean, it's beautiful. It's really cool. But I mean, I'm like, is it a diamond? What, uh, what do we got here? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you only got to sell one of those and you do great, but right. I mean, I guess that would please my manufacturing husband costs in. and, and yeah, marketing costs. I can't imagine that. are more than like, I don't know, looking at it. I'm like, I bet she spent 20,000 on marketing this year. <laughs> oh, I'm sure she spent 20,000 on marketing. Okay. My MVP for her understanding admission that the relationship between Monica and Vovo is toxic for laughing at her self and her family about Jack's mission for her PTC about she isn't able to talk to him today Hmm. for her friendship plays with Heather on Mormon exclusion for her confrontation play with Mary and for her confrontation play that gets the audio on for our end of episode brawl Lisa Barlow gets my MVP. Oh, Lisa Barlow for the win. Okay. And you know, I thought she played a pretty good episode too. I was missing some of the stuff that you had though. And so right? maybe maybe that would have tipped it a little bit more for me if I'd had the more the more stuff about Jack and whatnot. But Yeah, lay it on me. I went a different direction today with my MVP that you might be surprised about. Oh my God. Because. If it's Mary Cosby or Monica, that's it. I quit. I walk out. I'm going to, I'm going to Mary Cosby you. Monica was my second place for playing STCO and supporting Monica's victim play and for possibly being an ally for her for her hilarious and terrifying story about walking in on Robert Jr. having sex and for being a compelling enough player to make it to the reunion despite refusing to participate in the filming of multiple scenes during the season, Mary Cosby was my MVP. Oh my Lord. I don't know how she did it, folks, but she did it. And that is impressive. (laughs) So she gets my MVP. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. All right. All right. I mean, I, I, uh, I just don't know what to say. <laughs> you don't think she's coming back, huh? I've always enjoyed Mary, but I just, I just reached that tipping point with her just immediately shutting down mm. people and just the, the extreme, like, let me put it this way. I would love to see her as a friend of, but I don't need to see her at reunion. Mm, okay. Um, which is so interesting because she is your MVP. And you well, know, simply because she, she was... made it to reunion after, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Well, if you look at the, if you me, look at the arc, if you look at the arc of this part two, she is very crucial and instrumental to it. There's a lot, a mm-hmm. lot of the meat of this show revolves around interactions with her. Yeah. And she definitely like, I agree with you. The play is bad in places. She can't, she doesn't, she won't engage. She cuts, she like shuts people out. She won't even film scenes, but there's just something so compelling about her that makes her get into the reunion after she refuses to film. Like nobody else would get that. Nobody else would, would be able to say, I'm not going to do that. Take me to McDonald's and still get a whole scene of them just eating a McDonald's hamburger in a van and then still get to come to reunion. Like there's just something about Mary. Do you think that's Mary or do you think that's just the dynamic of this franchise? Like, is that actually 
actually more a comment on our actual housewives and and what they bring to the table. I think it's Mary. (laughs) (laughs) She might MVP. It's Mary. (laughs) It's funny. You know, we've seen me go up and down on Monica. Um, let's rephrase that. We've seen my opinion of Monica. Oh, go up I just got bad visuals. <laughs> so apparently Mary is now also on my, I like her today, but I may not like her tomorrow kind of, um, rubric. Anyway, speaking of rubrics next week, when we see you, we'll have reunion seating score tallies to update after yes. we finished watching the reunion. Yes, we will come with our final RSS scores to see who comes out on top at the end of the season. Next week, we'll get to see all the things we're looking forward to, finally discussed, the burn book prop, the reality Von Tease stuff, the Heather Jenshaw black eye. It's all coming. So I'm looking forward to our our last episode of the first season we ever covered together. I know. We should do champagne or mimosas or something. Oh, I think that's a great idea. That's a great idea. I like it. So um, our EWID count is zero still. Yep. Maybe we'll zero get it days up. without an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll get it up next episode. I doubt it. With the I reality really Vontees and it. Monica in the mix. Yeah. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Real Housewives of Bend, Oregon. Subscribe to the podcast, please, so that you don't miss an episode, so that you get all of our future stuff that we're going to be doing. And uh, review us on Apple Podcasts. That'd be a huge help. I also want to thank our international listeners because we have people listening to us in Norway. Apparently, we had some downloads from Libya. I hope you're safe. That country is is got a lot going on. And yeah, so just that's exciting. Hi, world. Hi, world. We are so glad that you're with us. Could that be a bot? I don't know. I, I think my my former student in um, my friend who is in Norway is very connected with a lot of the international community. And so it's possible that she just knows people in Libya. Oh. Hi, Libya. Yeah. Be safe. Okay. We'll see you next week. Believe your nation. Have a great week. Avoid the snow. Don't get COVID. Don't get COVID. <laughs>